grateful to be here. There we go. Um, so uh, I'm the college young adult and online pastor here at Carnegie Free. And so if you are participating online, I want to say I love you. I miss you. Please say hello in the chat. I'll check it later. Um, but I am so thankful to be here this morning. Thank you for those that are in the venue watching right now. And just to kind of get us warmed up, I need you to turn to somebody and say, so long 2020. You're gone. We will never see you again. I need a little bit of audience participation. And 2020, the year that we will no longer mention. Well, I have a friend who works in the medical field, and we were discussing forgetting. And here's what he said. Oftentimes, people who take uh, medication, such as blood pressure medicine and whatnot, the doctor will say, hey, buddy, I'm talking to you, okay? It's really important that you maintain consistency with your blood pressure medication, okay? Maybe you're going to start feeling better when you take it. Maybe you're going to start having more energy, but it's really important, okay, down the road that you maintain consistency when you take your blood pressure medication. Here's what happens, okay? The person, the individual is like, man, I'm feeling pretty good. Maybe God has miraculously healed my blood pressure issues, and I'm going to stop taking that blood pressure medication. And they forget that very conversation that the doctor had there originally. And so uh, what's interesting is we know that there's things that we need to do for long term that will benefit us in the future. But as time goes on, we forget we forget to do those things that benefit us. And so what we're going to talk about today is why do we forget? What happens that causes us to forget these super beneficial things that God has done for us? And so one of the major reasons why I believe that we forget, uh, why I believe that we fail is because we are humans. We are flesh and bone. And because we are flesh we are going to uh, forget over and over again. Uh, here's an important thing to know. We are eternal beings in a temporary body, so therefore we're going to forget. And so here's what we are going to talk about. Some of the greatest heroes of the Bible, some of the heroes that we look up to, uh, that we read about in the Bible, um, forget about God's goodness over and over again. And so before we do, let's go ahead and pray together. God, I thank you for this opportunity that we have to meet together to hear from you. God, we will forget all the things that you have done. God, um, great heroes of the Bible have forgotten what you have done. Father, I pray that as we walk through this, we'll see the areas in our heart that we forget. We'll see why we forget what you have done. I pray that you give us strength and courage to be able to hear what you have to say for us this morning. We praise things in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's what I'm going to cover. Why we repeatedly forget about God's goodness, how to remember God's goodness, and the fact is Jesus forgives, fulfills, and forgets our debts. So maybe in here you have heard the story of David and Goliath. Maybe who here has heard of the story of David and Goliath? It's one of the most, thank you for the audience participation, it's one of the most popular stories in the Old Testament. David, this young boy, uh, throws a stone and kills the massive giant Goliath. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about David, but I want you to turn to Psalm 103. And as you turn there, I'm going to give you a little bit of details about David, okay? So yes, David was anointed king. 
as, at a very young age. None of his brothers were chosen. None of his older brothers were chosen. David was chosen to be king, and God was faithful through his entire life um, and protected him, provided for him so that he could be king. Also, David, as we mentioned earlier, killed Goliath. This young boy said, okay, I don't care how scared everybody else is. I will stand up to Goliath, and he threw that stone and killed Goliath. Also, there were songs sung about David. He was such a powerful and mighty king. And here's one of the songs that they sing. Saul had killed his thousands, but David had killed his ten thousands. David was a mighty warrior, a great king. God had provided for him over and over again. God showed how good he was. Yet David forgot. And here's some of the things that we may not talk about often. David's armies slaughtered people out of vengeance. David, out of anger and revenge, slaughtered people. He committed war crimes. David committed adultery. David uh, fell into lust and temptation, and he said, I'm going to take what's mine. And not only that, but to cover up the fact that he committed adultery, he killed the husband of the woman that he committed adultery with. David had experienced the highest of highs in accomplishing great things for God. He had won amazing battles. He had done amazing things for God. Yet we also see David stoop down to the lowest of place out of sin and selfishness. And so we're reading here in Psalm 103, and this is a much older and wiser David. And David is speaking to us from his heart. And we're going to pick up here in verse 1. And here's what he says. Praise the Lord, my soul, and all my inmost beings. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. David is coming to, from a place of humility, and he is envisioning all the ways in which he has failed God in the past, all the ways in which he has hurt and devastated people and been selfish and committed sin. And he says, all I can do is praise the Lord. That is all I can do. Oh, my soul, praise the Lord. And then I want to focus in on the second part of verse 2. He says, and forget not all his benefits. David is saying, those times that I gave into temptation, those times I gave into lust or anger, and the times that I murdered, the times that I committed evil, I forgot about the fact that God has provided for me over and over and over again. David forgot how good God is. Whether you, we are heroes of the Bible, like David, or just regular people, we also will repeatedly forget about God's goodness. In other words, we will have gospel amnesia. What got me thinking was uh, I uh, needed to spend some time with God in prayer, and so I went out to Cotton Mill. And it was a beautiful fall day. Thank you, God. 2020 was terrible, but we had such a great fall. Amen. Um, and it was a beautiful fall day, and I was like, I just want to spend some time with God in prayer. And so what I do is I sometimes journal on my computer, and I was just praying to God. And I was thinking through this past year, and I was like, man, there have been so many times, God, that I have forgotten about your provision. I have forgotten about the fact that you have provided for me over and over again. Why have I become so self-reliant? Why have I forgotten you? And God was reaffirming in me, Aaron, it's time for you to 
to refresh and renew and return back to me. Aaron, you are going to forget, but I will not forget you. And so uh, I noticed in myself that I am forgetting all the things that God has done, that you will forget all the things that God has done, that David will, has forgotten all the things that God has done. Are you like me? Are you like David? And you too often forget about the things that God has done for you. As I mentioned earlier, uh, some people use this term gospel amnesia. And there's a powerful quote from this author, Laura Sims, in her book actually titled Gospel Amnesia. And here's what she says. By forgetting God's love, we can easily slip into forgetting the depth of our own sin because we focus on what we see as the world's sin. I see it in myself. David saw it in himself. He said, may I never forget all the things that God has done. We see it in the disciples. We also see it in God's people all throughout uh, scriptures. So how do we know if we are forgetting God's benefits? I believe there are three key indicators that show that we are living a forgetful life. We are forgetting all the things that God's done. First, self-righteousness, self-indulgence, and living in fear. Let me explain. Self-righteousness is this. We forget how desperate we are in need of Jesus' forgiveness. Some of the things that you may think if you are struggling with self-righteousness. We think we are loved because of what we have done, what we have accomplished. Some of the thoughts you might have are, I worked hard to get here. Everything I have, I have earned. I don't have anyone to think but myself. Jesus understood that the Pharisees struggled with self-righteousness, and he wanted to address that in Luke chapter 18, verse 9 through 13. And here's what, here's what happens here. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like the other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his chest, his breast, and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. The Pharisee said, I fast. I give a tenth of all I get. I study the scriptures. I know the scriptures. I attend church. I read the Bible. I give money to the poor. I help old ladies walk across the street. He was emphasizing the good things that he has done. And he said, thank you, God, that I'm not like that tax collector. Even faithful Christian people who pray and read the Bible and give money to the poor are susceptible to being self-righteous. John Maxwell tells a funny story about a grandpa visiting his grandchildren in the afternoon. So grandpa would take a nap. One day, the grandkids decided to play a joke. They put Limburger cheese in his mustache. When he woke up, he started sniffing. And he said, this room stinks. Then he went into the kitchen. It stinks in here too. Then he went outside for a breath of fresh air. And after a minute, he said, the whole world stinks. That's what the self-righteous person is like. They can sniff out the sins and shortcomings of everyone around them, and they think everyone stinks except them. But sometimes the stink is on you. So yes, we we can become self-righteous. But understanding 
The depth of our sin leads to humble repentance. A humble response to the gospel and reminds us of where we came from. So first we talked about self-righteousness, now self-indulgence. Self-indulgence is trying to find happiness in external things. Something a self-indulgent person might say, the Bible is just a bunch of rules so God can control us. And that's why people aren't happy. Christians don't do any of the fun stuff. It seems like the Bible is always telling us what not to do. And maybe you even think, Aaron, I've tried to live the Christian life, but it only led to more hurt. And so here's what's so beautiful about the Bible, and here's what's so beautiful about the Ten Commandments. God created you, and he made you from the, from the dust. God knows every hair on your head. He knows everything about you. And because he created you, he says, here is how you are to live. And so he gives us the Bible, an instruction manual. And he says, here's how you're to live. Here's how you're to operate. And if you follow my Ten Commandments, it'll be for your good. It'll be for your benefit. And when we follow the scriptures, when we follow how God has designed us, we will live joyous, beautiful lives. God's scriptures are not telling us what not to do. The Ten Commandments are not telling us what not to do. The Ten Commandments are boundaries in which we can live and truly enjoy a beautiful, joyous life. We forget that there is no true joy found outside of God's design. We forget that there is no lasting satisfaction apart from a relationship with our maker. So the question is, is living a self-indulgent life actually making people happy? Are people who achieve their wildest dreams, are they actually happy? And I think the honest answer is no. And here's what's so cool about social media. Now we can hear the thoughts and opinions of famous people, of rich people, whether we want to or not. And what we're seeing is people that achieve their wildest dreams, sports uh, athletes, you know, they score 20 touchdowns or 50 points in a basketball game. Or entertainers who sell out to uh, uh, massive crowds before COVID. <laughs> or uh, influencers who are famous for being famous on social media. So they're achieving their wildest dreams. Everything that they had possibly dreamed of, they're achieving it. Money, success, fame, acknowledgement, all these things. And yet as they share their thoughts, it's really uh, unique to see the fact that they are oftentimes saying, is this it? I've achieved all of the things that I wanted to achieve. I've scored the touchdowns or I sold out uh, the, the concerts. And they're saying, is this it? Is this all there is to life? As John Piper states, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. We were created by God to be satisfied in him, not in external things, not in things here on earth, but actually to have an eternal loving relationship with God. Self-indulgence, achieving our wildest dreams are not going to make us happy. So when we seek to satisfy ourselves outside of God's design, that is a sign of self-indulgence and forgetting God's benefits. And the last is fear. Fear makes God small and our problems big. Fear warps our perspective. Here's some of the thoughts that you might have if you have fear in your life. If I live like that, I won't have any money. What will people think of me if I do this? Am I going to lose my house or my job? Will I be able to put food on the table? It reminds me of a story when the disciples were on a boat with Jesus and a massive storm blew through. 
and, and the storm was blowing water onto the boat, and the disciples were like, we're, we're about to die. And Jesus is so tired from doing ministry that he's actually asleep on a boat during the, a massive storm. So clearly he's very tired. And the disciples are like, okay, we're about to die. So they wake Jesus up. Like, Jesus, don't you know we're about to die? And here's what's so amazing. Jesus wakes up, calms the storm immediately. Jesus is like, I'm Lord over the storm. I'm Lord over the problems. I'm Lord over the issues. And see, what happens is when we have problems that we start to fear or conflict that we start to fear, it gets real close. And we focus on the fear. We focus on the problems. And we can't see how big and powerful and awesome God is. Fear warps our perspective. Fear is forgetting how big, powerful, and awesome God is and how small our problems are. So I gave you three kind of key indicators that you, uh, three key indicators that you are forgetting God. And so now that you know you, you are possibly forgetting God, what do we do about that? How can we remember God's goodness? So who here is familiar with this, the, this next story of Moses leading the people out of Egypt? Maybe there's a song you've heard of, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, oh baby, let my people go. Did y'all sing that song growing up? <laughs> and here's what's so amazing about this story, okay? Just to kind of give you a little preface. So the people see God do amazing signs and wonders. They see God do miraculous things. Moses leads the people out of Egypt. God frees them. God then literally splits the sea in half, and they walk across on dry land. Then they turn around, and Pharaoh is approaching them. The sea crashes in on them, kills Pharaoh and all of his soldiers. Okay? They witness this with their eyes. God even brings food from heaven that falls down on earth. They don't even need to hunt. They don't need to do anything. God's like, here you go. Here's food from heaven. Yet, his people forget. Look at Numbers 14, 2 through 3. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? Where were you people? Didn't you see that God has provided you for you over and over again? He split the sea in half. He brought down fire from heaven to show you where you need to go. He brought food from heaven. God has provided you for you over and over again. Yet they're like, man, I just kind of wish we were back as slaves in Egypt. How could they forget so easily? How can we forget so easily? And so Moses is well aware of the fact that we forget over and over again. Moses is well aware of the fact that God's people will forget over and over again. And he gives us some application. He gives us a charge. He commands us. And he gives drastic measures. Here's what he says in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. He's saying that your love for the Lord 
your heart must be completely focused on your love of the Lord. All of your strength, all of your soul, all of your might needs to be on the Lord. Then we are instructed to teach our children. So first, we must love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Then we can teach our children. When we forget God's goodness, other focuses become on our hearts and thus on our children's hearts as well. So here's what Moses is saying. You can't talk about God's goodness enough. You can't remind each other about God's goodness enough. When you're walking, talk about God's goodness. When you're driving your car, because they had cars back then, chilling on the couch, eating Cheetos, hanging out with friends, um, read the Bible, memorize it, talk about it, talk about God's goodness, study it, make a necklace that says, remember the gospel, write it on your forehead so you don't forget. Write it on your doorpost. Literally write it on your doorpost, on your door when you walk into your house and when you leave. God is good. Put post-it notes on your mirror or on your car or on your dashboard or on your computer. Use lipstick and write it on your mirror. Write out verses. God is good. Or tattoo it on your forehead. Literally tattoo it on your forehead so you don't forget. Remember the gospel. Here are ways, practical ways here at Efree that, that we can remind each other about the gospel. I'd encourage you, get plugged into a life group. The goal of life group is to remind each other of the gospel, to remind each other of God's goodness, to keep each other accountable in the fact that we will forget. That's the goal of life group. If possible, get your children plugged into FX, children's ministry, youth ministry, C20. The goal of all of these is to remind each other that we're going to forget about God. We're going to forget about his goodness. We're going to be drowned out by the noise of the world. We're going to be drowned out by all the things that distract us. Lastly, and most importantly, we need to turn off the noise. Things will always be reminding you of something all the time. Something other than God. And if you keep listening, you might even forget God. There is noise telling us, here's what you need to worship. Here's what will make you happy. Here's what you need to do. And it's constantly reminding us. And Moses is like, man, we got to be talking about the goodness of God all the time. We can't not talk about it enough. So, the beauty of all of this is even if we do forget God's goodness, Jesus forgives, fulfills, and forgets our debt. You are going to forget the gospel. You are going to forget about God. You are going to have gospel amnesia. Self-righteousness is going to show its ugly head in your life. Self-indulgence is going to lie to you and say happiness is found outside of God's love. Fear is going to creep in and make it seem like God is weak and powerless. We will fail God's standard often. We will fail him for the rest of our lives. Because we have chosen our own way, we owe a great debt. And so maybe you're saying, Aaron, it's not that I've forgotten God. I'm not sure if I've ever even known God. And here's what's so beautiful. God knows you and he loves you. He knows the numbers of hairs on your head. He knows everything about you. And he says, I love you and I want to have a relationship with you. And so all those things that we will do, those failures that we will have over and over again, God understands those and he takes those from us and he put them on Jesus. Jesus paid for that debt that we owe. 
Jesus paid for that sin that we commit, the forgetfulness that we will continuously do for the rest of our lives, Jesus took that on and he paid for it. Our debt is forgiven. Jesus not only forgave our debt, but he made us become family by giving us his perfection. Our debt is fulfilled. He took on our sin, put it on himself, and conquered it three days later. Our debt is forgotten. Here's the beautiful thing about having a relationship with God through Jesus. You're going to fail. You're going to forget over and over again. You're going to be like David or Moses or, or Aaron or um, any of the Bible heroes who forget over and over again about the goodness of God. Here's what's so beautiful. Every time we forget, we can be quick to turn back to God and he receives us back every single time. What does God do? He forgets our sin. Because of what Jesus has done, God forgets our sin. And here's what's so beautiful about every single morning that you wake up when the sun rises. It's a new day for God to forgive you and forget all the things that you have done. And so you are going to forget. You're going to have gospel amnesia. My instruction and encouragement to you is to be quick to turn back to God because he always restores, he always forgives, he always forgets. Much like the doctor that reminds the patient to continue his blood pressure medication, we are reminded by Jesus that when we forget God's goodness, we must simply repent and return to our faith in God. I'm going to pray. God, we are forgetful people. You have revealed yourself over and over again to us. You have shown us your great love for us. Yet, we fear, we have self-righteousness, we indulge. God, thank you for forgiving us every time that we forget, every time that we fail you. God, I pray that our hearts are stirred, that we think through what is it that is causing me to forget. And I pray these things in Jesus' name.